So let's go. Bradford, we now have your first substantive legislative proposal to come out of the work you did with the Reparations Task Force. It would create the California American Freedmen Affairs Agency, which you've said would create the infrastructure needed to begin to address the historical harms created by slavery. What's your vision for how that agency looks? What does it do? How much will it cost to stand up? I mean, it's early. I mean, that's the discussion that we'll be having. That's why we introduced the bill now. So we'll have till the end of the year to work on those details. The Legislative Black Caucus as a unit will come together and collaborate on all those parts that need to happen. But, you know, you need to have some governmental agency in order to implement whatever it is that's going to be recommended and proposed through legislation. So this is the starting point. So to say how big it is, we don't know. And what it will cost, That's we're really early in this. We'll figure that out as we move along. Obviously, the legislation won't be up for a vote until next year, it's, and, and it's too early to talk about whether you have the votes to get it passed. But in talking to your fellow legislators and the governor, what's your sense of how they feel about creating uh, the Freedmen Affairs Agency? I mean, again, it's early. We're, we're going to test the waters on all of this. I mean, that was one of the key recommendations in the task force final report that there needs to be some governmental agency or department that will oversee this. And it might be incorporated into a department that already exists. I mean, moving this legislation along will help us determine the best fit and the best way to, you know, stand this up and uh, move forward and uh, providing reparations for the people who are qualified. You could have gone after a specific dollar figure payout or a specific benefit for black Californians harmed by slavery you chose not to at this point. Why? I mean, again, we're still early. I mean, and again, reparations was never about a check. I mean, yes, the wealth gap between black families and white in California, in America is $360,000. So that would be my starting point if there was going to be a number. But uh, again, we're early in this process and we're, it's 1,100 pages of information that Individuals are going to need to uh, digest and understand what's there, uh, legislators as well as the public. So that's what we want to do. That's why we're starting the process now to have that discussion. And um, it might be where folks say, hey, let's have a check. But right now, that's not what we're proposing. And you've consistently said this reparations process is not just cash payments but are you concerned that the state's financial situation, including a budget deficit, could impact the ability to fund any reparations programs, whether they might be cash payments or health care or tax relief or black Californians who would be eligible? The budget oh, is definitely going to be at the forefront of all the discussions. We have to be mindful of that and considerate of that. Yes, you can't stand up a, a agency or a department or if there's no money there. So we're going to be mindful of that. And we're going to help even if we have to de uh, develop ways to raise those funds uh, through the government. We'll, we'll look at those as well. So uh, it's it's going to be costly no matter what we do. We have no doubt about that. But there are programs, like I say, if it's continued education, uh, expanding health care, tax relief, uh, state tax relief, some of those things we could do without a direct financial hit on the budget, uh, as, as would be through some type of direct payment to folks right now.
you've put so much of yourself into this personally, and you'll be termed out next year. Do you think there will be legislation ready for Governor Newsom to sign before you leave the office? We're hopeful of that. I mean, that's why this bill was uh, introduced, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be much more legislation at the beginning of the 24 uh, legislative cycle. So, yes, I'm very hopeful that before I leave the legislature, there will be something for the governor to sign, something on his desk. But, again, we won't do this in one year anyway, so it's going to take years to move forward and address over 250 years of harm uh, in this country. So uh, I don't expect it all to happen in one year anyway. Even if I had another 10 years, we'd probably still be working on this. <laughs> and it may be too early to ask you this, but do you feel satisfied that the reparations task force accomplished the goals you hoped it would when you started out? Was there anything you wish the task force could have done beyond what was laid out in the report? Uh, I'm very satisfied with the work. It's very detailed. We had a, a wealth of experts. Uh, we had nine amazing, uh, well, eight uh, additional individuals who did a extraordinary work and, and were experts in their field. So I'm excited about it. The only thing I wish we would have had more time. Uh, it's Don Tamaki, who's our only non-African-American uh, member of the task force. He's served on the Japanese uh, reparations or compensation board uh, a couple of decades ago. And they had three years and they were only talking about the harms of about 100,000 people. And he said it wasn't enough time. So uh we, we did it in light speed, but yeah, I just would wish we had a little bit more time to engage the community a little bit more and just have a little bit more uh, opportunity just to flush some things out. But we did a good job in two years. Well, Senator, we'll stay on top of it. Uh, we appreciate your time, sir. Thank you for your interest in this. I was on mute there. All right, so yeah, so uh, can, can y'all... Can I be heard? Can y'all yes. hear me? <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, you Mind can be heard. Mind the matrix. All right. Um, so, yeah, so uh, he, Senator Bradford in uh, the Fox News clip was referring to SB 490, um, which I'm sure those who've been paying attention uh, know that this will be a bill to establish the California American Freedom Affairs Agency. Um, a couple of things uh, to establish a genealogy office, a communications and media office, a data research collection office, and uh, much, much more. And once again, please like, share, and subscribe. Please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, and hit that bell to get notified. Yeah, so, so what do you two think about, and if anybody else has anything in the comments, I uh, will definitely get to your comments about it. So what do you think about, well, actually, I, we, I do have more footage, but maybe we'll share that next week because I know, you know, we're a little past time here. But um, what, what what's your thoughts on uh, Senator Bradford and his comments about SB 490 so far? Well, if I can go first, I, I just want to shout out to uh, Senator, Senator Bradford because um, we... From LOC.gov, Library of Congress.gov, online, U.S. History Primary Source Timeline, 
reconstruction and rights. Quote, when the Civil War ended, leaders turned to the question of how to reconstruct the nation. One important issue was the right to vote and the rights of black American men and former Confederate men to vote were hotly debated in the latter half of the 1860s. Congress passed a series of acts designed to address the question of rights as well as how the southern states would be governed. These acts included the act treating the Freedmen's Bureau, the Civil Rights Act of 18 66 and several reconstruction acts the reconstruction acts established military rule over southern states until new governments could be formed they also limited some former Confederate officials and military officers' rights to vote and to run for public office. However, the latter provisions were only temporary and soon rescinded for almost all of those affected by them. Meanwhile, the Reconstruction Acts gave former male slaves the right to vote and hold public office. Congress also passed two amendments to the Constitution. The 14th Amendment made African Americans citizens and protected citizens from discriminatory state laws. Former Confederate states did not get congressional representation until they adopted this amendment. 
the 15th Amendment guaranteed African American men the right to vote. Most of the documents in this section are related to the right to vote and how voting actually occurred in the southern states. Other rights are also discussed in some of the documents. As you read the documents, weigh the various arguments that are made. Also, look for similarities with issues or concerns that have been raised in more recent U.S. history. Included is more information and links for more primary and secondary sources as well as previous sections and next section previous section the freedmen the next section the travails of reconstruction and at the bottom of the page if you scroll down primary source sets lesson plans presentations US history primary source timeline colonial settlement 1600s through 1763 the American Revolution 1763 1783 the new nation 17 1853-1815 National Expansion and Reform 1815-1880 Civil War and Reconstruction 1861 through 1877 Overview Abraham Lincoln's Presidency The South during the Civil War The North during the Civil War 
African-American soldiers during the Civil War. Civil War soldiers stories. The Freedmen. Reconstruction and rights. The travails of Reconstruction Rise of Industrial America 1876 through 1900 Progressive Era to New Era 1900 through 1929 Great Depression and World War II, 1929 through 1945. The post-war United States, 1945 through 1968. The Library of Congress offers classroom materials and professional development to help teachers effectively use primary sources from the library's vast digital collections in their teaching. analysis tool and guide to help your students analyze these primary sources. Get a graphic organizer and guides. From the Library of Congress Online, LOC.gov Presentation, U.S. History Primary Source Timeline The Freedmen Quote, The Emancipation Proclamation and 13th Amendment freed all slaves in the United States. Hundreds of thousands of African Americans in the South faced new difficulties, finding a way to forge an economically independent life in the face of hostile, hostile, white, little or no education and 
Few other resources such as money. The situation was made all the more difficult because of attitudes such as those of Freedman, Houston, Hartsfield, Holloway, who said, quote, We colored people did not know how to be free and the white people did not know how to have a free colored person about them, close quote. In fact, many African Americans were quite prepared for freedom as they demonstrated in 1865 and after by demanding their civil rights, the vote, the reunion of their families, education, and economic opportunities. For its part, the federal government established the Freedmen's Bureau, a temporary agency to provide food, clothing, and medical care to refugees in the South, especially freed slaves. Special boards were established to set up schools for African Americans in the South and black and white teachers from the North and South worked to help young and old become literate. Some African Americans in the South were encouraged to move to northern cities where jobs would be available. Extending the vote to black Americans was hotly debated. To find related materials in loc.gov, you might try searching with such keywords as freedmen, freedman, emancipation, ex-slaves, or African-American rights. Links include documents for the following report of the Board of Education for Freedmen, 1864. Startling revelations from the Department of South Carolina Letter to the Editor of the Anglo-African
Mrs. Emma Falconer addresses and ceremonies at the New Year's Festival to the Freedmen, 1867. Call for the first anniversary of the American Equal Rights Association. Previous section, Civil War Soldiers Stories. Next section, Reconstruction and Rights.